Well, we're in a series uh, in the book of 1 John, and it's called Knowing God. And uh, the theme of John's letter is knowing God. John wants us to know God, and he wants us to know that we know God. And, and he's been talking about what knowing God involves. He said that knowing God involves loving uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ. He said that knowing God involves walking in the light. He said that knowing God involves growing in knowing God. Knowing God involves uh, not loving the world. He's been saying all of these things, and today John's going to give us another thing that knowing God involves. He's going to say that knowing God involves overcoming the world. It, it involves overcoming. Now, uh, there are a lot of overcomers in our world, and, and whenever you see somebody overcoming a challenge, it's inspiring, isn't it? Uh, I've got a friend who uh, I went to college with this guy, and we went on a road trip together when we were younger, and he's one of those guys that has everything. He's, he's good-looking, he's super-intelligent, he, uh, he's athletic, you know, he's adventuresome and courageous, and uh, he went over to Saudi Arabia to be a youth director, and he lived there for several years. Well, about a year ago, uh, his name was Jake. Jake was out on the boat, and he was scuba diving with a bunch of youth over there, and as he jumped off the side of the boat, he was sucked underneath the boat, and his leg went, in, went into the propeller. And so it was ripped apart. Uh, they pulled him out of the water, and, and gosh, by the grace of God, he didn't bleed to death, but he, he, his, his leg was amputated uh, from about 10, 10 inches above his knee. So Jake now is without a leg. And uh, there was an article about him where he said this in, in the little article. He says, I, when I woke up, so he was in a hospital bed, he woke up, discovered he had one leg. He said, when I woke up, I realized, okay, this is what life is going to look like now. Let's not waste any time. Instead of feeling angry, he said, I started thinking about all the things I could do. And so, so now Jake is skiing, and Jake is still, uh, you know, out there scuba diving, and he's lifting weights, and he's got one leg. He's an overcomer. You read about someone like Helen Keller, you know, someone who couldn't see or hear, uh, and yet she was able to uh, learn to read and live, li live in the world uh, with joy and happiness, and she was an overcomer. You read about someone like Joni Erickson Tata, who's a Christian who dove off of a dock and uh, became a quadriplegic, and yet she's, she's living life in a wheelchair uh, with joy and courage, and she's overcoming. And so we read about these overcomers, and we hear about them, and no doubt you guys have people in your lives that you think, man, that person is an overcomer. They're facing such challenges, and look what they're doing. And these people are inspiring because we think, you know, if they could overcome what they overwent, over, overcame, you know, if my friend Jake could live life with one leg, then, you know, I could overcome what I'm facing. You know, all of us face challenges. Maybe we don't, we never lost a leg or we're, we didn't, we're, we weren't born with some major disability, but all of us have challenges, right? Whether you're facing uh, depression or mental illness or a physical disability or mar a marriage crisis or wayward children or financial difficulty or troubles at work or troubles at home, all of us have challenges. All of us have difficulties. Uh, Henry David Thoreau once said that the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. And so all of us, as we sit in the seat here this morning, are facing challenges, and when you look at people like Jake or Helen Keller or, uh, you know, Joni Erickson Tata, we think if they could do that, if they could overcome that huge challenge, then certainly I can face what I'm going through today. Now, John, this morning in our passage, what he's going to say is that knowing God, like I said, involves overcoming, overcoming the challenges of the world. 
And I love this because for John, knowing God is not something that you do outside of the world. It's not like, you know, he's saying that, you know, you need to get out of the world and, and really focus on knowing God. And you're like, well, I can't get out of the world. I've got problems in my life and I've got work to go to and I have things that I'm dealing with. I don't have the privilege to just stop and know God. Right, what a luxury it is just to go and, and focus your attention on knowing God. But for John, knowing God is not about getting out of the real world. For John, knowing God is something for the real world. Knowing God enables you to face the challenges in the real world. So whatever you're going through, whether it be a marriage crisis or a mental illness crisis or a financial crisis, what John is going to say is that knowing God is for the world. And in knowing God and in being born of God, he says, you can overcome the world. And that's really, really good news. And so uh, we're going to look at what John says about that today. And I want to ask three questions of the passage, right? If we're going to be overcomers like John is talking about here, we need to know three things uh, about what John says. Number one, we need to know what we overcome. Second of all, we need to know why we can overcome it. And then finally, how we can overcome it. What why and how. And so John begins by telling us what we can overcome. Chapter 5, verse 1, John says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves him who has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this, the love of God, for, th- for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. And then he says in verse 4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And so what does John say that we can overcome? This is really important if we're going to be overcomers. What is, what is the promise for? The promise is that you can overcome the world, but when John says you can overcome the world, what is John talking about there? What about the world? do we overcome? Uh, In the Greek, the word overcome, John uses it three times in the passage. It's the Greek word nakao. Can we all say that? Nakao. And then in the verb, or in the noun form, it's the word Nike. Can we all say Nike? Right. It's a Greek word, and it comes from a Greek battle, or or even the the Greek Olympic games, where uh, there was the goddess Nike, she was the goddess of war. She was the goddess of victory. And so uh, if you wanted to win a victory uh, economically, politically, or in athletics, you would go to the god Nike and you would pray for victory. You would pray to defeat your enemies. Now, we know the word Nike because some of you are wearing Nike shoes today. Anybody? Anybody? No. Nobody's. Oh, one person. All right. You are a victor. Because the word Nike literally means victory. John uses that word here. He says, Anyone, everyone who has been born of God overcomes or nakaos or gets victory over the world. So what does it mean to have victory over the world, though? I mean, does it mean like athletic or, or political or uh, national domination? Is John calling us to be Christian uh, world dominators here? You know, is John saying that if you're a Christian, you can get, go out there and you could, you know, win wars and, and uh, you know, ascend power and, you know, uh, dominate other people? Is that the victory that John is talking about? Is he talking about athletics or some other uh, form of success in the world, like economic or business success? 
Right, if you're a Christian, uh, you know, God, God is gonna help you overcome your enemies so that you can rise to power in the world and become very, very successful. Is that what John is talking about? Sometimes I'll, uh, you know, I watch um, athletics on, um, or sports on the internet, and you'll hear uh, sports stars, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm praying, you know, before the big game, and they're, and, and they're praying that God would uh, help them win the World Series or win the World Cup or win the World Title. And is this a promise that God will help us win victory over our enemies? You know, there's, there's one surfer that, I, that always he prays before he goes out there. And if he ever wins a contest, he says, I thank God who helped me win this victory. And like, well, I, did God help you win the victory? I mean, is that, what if the other person was praying too? Right, whose team is God for here? And if you win the victory, does that mean God is for you and not them? Right, what does John mean here when he says God wants you to have to overcome the world? John means more than just getting economic victory or athletic victory or political victory. He's talking about a victory over something deep and dark about the world. Because when John says the world here, he's not just talking about the plants and trees or nations and governments. He's talking about the deep broken patterns of the world. So in uh, chapter 5 here at the very end, verse 19, This is what John says about the world. He says, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. The world that we live in is broken. The world that we live in is not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, The world that we live in is filled with evil and with, uh, you know, it doesn't work. You know, things happen in this world that should not be. There are uh, injustices in the world and there are horrible things that go on in this world. And what John is saying is that if you're a Christian, he says, here's the call is that you can, over the, you can overcome or you can get victory over the broken aspects of the world. So think about the pain that comes in the world. God, he, John is not saying that God's gonna take all the pain away in your life or that a tragedy's never gonna happen to you. I mean, tragedy does happen. My friend lost his leg, Helen Keller couldn't see. That stuff is gonna happen in your life, but the promise is that with with all the pain that comes your way, that in Christ you can be an overcomer in this world. You can rise above the, the trials and the problems that come into your life. Jesus at the end of his life looked at his disciples and he said, he said, in this world you will have tribulation. That's a promise. You know, the, things will fall apart. Things will go, not go the way they're supposed to be. You will have trouble. But he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I will enable you to rise above the troubles in this world, to have joy in the midst of sorrow. Think about Paul and Silas, uh, two early missionaries. They were in a prison cell. And in that prison cell, they could have bemoaned the injustice. They, they weren't supposed to be there. This shouldn't have happened to them. And yet there they were in the prison cell. And what were they doing? In the stocks and the chains, they were singing to God. They were, they were rising above the troubles in this world. And when John says you can be an overcomer, he's, he's not saying that God is going to take away the bad things in life, but that with God you can overcome these things. You can live with joy and peace even in the midst of them. So he says you can rise above the pain that's part of the broken world. You can rise above the patterns of the broken world. So there are patterns in this world, evil patterns in the world, like lust and greed and, and desire for, inordinate desire for power. And John says, I want you to rise above those things. Those things, they want to overcome you. They want to just sweep you along, you know, these, these currents in the world, these sinful patterns, they want to just sweep you along, but John says, stand against them. 
Rise above those things. Don't succumb to the patterns of this world, but, but stand your ground and go against them. Uh, Paul would put it like this. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Rise above the evil and the darkness in the world. You know, you could, you could have a lot of money. You could be very successful. You could overcome the world in an economic and political sense or athletic sense, but still be dominated by it. You know, Alexander the Great, he conquered the whole world. You know, he, if anybody was successful, if anybody, you know, overcame the entire world, it was Alexander the Great. He beat every nation here. And yet at the end of his life, he cried out because he, he wanted another world to conquer. He was depressed because he, 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 he needed power. He needed, you know, to overcome so much that, he, he, that, that thirst, it was never enough. And so although he dominated the world, the world actually was dominating him. So you could be very wealthy and successful and still be dominated by the patterns of this world. Greed, lust, fear, anxiety, anger. John says, rise above those things. Stand against them. I think he's also talking about the lies and the untruths in the world. So John, when he talks about the world, he's talking about the ideas that are out there. You know, these thoughts and these beliefs that are just in currency out there in the culture. And and they're false. You know, these false beliefs that that say, you know, you need to live for yourself. That's that's what's going to make you happy is to spend all your time and money on you. Or the lie that says, you are enough. You know, you can save yourself. You can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Or the lie that says, you are who you make of yourself in the real world. That's who you are. John says, stand against these lies. Don't be overcome by them. Don't, don't let them sweep you along. And so when John says, we overcome the world, he's not talking about, you know, again, military or political domination or gaining worldly success or ascending, you know, up the ladder of, of power in, in the business world or whatever. These are not bad things necessarily, but when he talks about overcoming the world, he, he's talking about rising above the suffering. He's talking about rising above the sinful patterns of the world. He's talking about rising above and not giving in to the lies that are out there. Stand against them. Resist them. Get victory over them, John says. You can do that. That's what the promise is for. But then let's ask the second question, which is, why, do, why, do, why does John think we can do this? He says here in verse 4, everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Why does John think we can overcome the world? I mean, John is so confident here. He, he says, you will overcome it. He doesn't say, I hope you overcome the world. Boy, there's a lot of lies out there, and there's a lot of dark things you can get swept into, and boy, we all face suffering. I hope that you can overcome that. Or, gosh, you might. If you work real hard, you know, you, you might be able to overcome those things. No, John is ex- astonishingly confident here. He says, you will overcome the world. In, pa- in fact, he even says it in past tense. He says, you have overcome the world. He is so confident that in John's mind, he says, you've already won the victory. You've already de- defeated all of those things out there. You're already rising above them. And notice he says, everyone who's been born of God r- 
overcomes the world. He's not looking at this church and saying, I know that there's some smart people out there and there's some really you know, go-getters out there and those people have overcome the world. He's saying every single person, everyone who is born of God, no matter how smart or gifted you are, you've overcome the world. You have overcome the world. Why is John so confident? And is his confidence misplaced here? I don't know that I'm not that confident in myself. I remember uh, several years ago, I went skiing with one of my friends. And he's a very, very good skier. And he took me to Taos, the city of Taos in New Mexico. And he says, man, you're going to love this. This is going to be a lot of fun. And so we drove out to that, that city. And you know, we go up this mountain. It was a very, very big mountain. We finally get to the ski resort, and there are these hills there that are like almost straight down and with divots in there. And I was thinking, I said, Steve, are you, his name was Steve, Steve, are you sure that I can do that? He says, oh, I'm confident in you. You can do it, Brent. You know, you surfed before, and you, you know, you've got some good center of gravity and balance. You can do this, no problem. I'll fix you up. I got these skis you can have, and it's great. You can do it, Brent. I was like, I don't know about this, Steve. And so he went up the... Um, the um, Ski lift, thank you. Uh, and so we, we finally got off the ski lift, and I looked down. It was like straight down. I was like, are you sure I can do this? He says, Brent, you can do it. And guess what? I couldn't do it. I fell all the way down the mountain. I fall, I get up again, fall, get up again. It took me four hours to get down this mountain. And for the rest of the weekend, I stayed in the lodge drinking hot cocoa. Right? Some people, they can be overconfident. And how do we know that John is not overconfident here? You know, I don't know that I can do these addictions and these problems that I'm facing in the world, these lies. I mean, how do I know? I don't know that I can do it, John. What do you say I can, I have this overcoming. I'm not sure that I can do that. And John says, no, you can. Everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. What is the basis of John's confidence? Notice he says, everyone who is what? Born of God overcomes the world. John's confidence is rooted in the new birth. What is the new birth? The, the, the new birth is, is what every single person who's a Christian has, has encountered. Uh, it, it means that, that if you're a Christian, something's happened to you. A Christian is not somebody who's just trying hard to be a good person. A Christian is not just somebody who's following a set of teachings or a set of philosophies. A Christian is, is someone Uh, to whom uh, something very radical has happened. You've been born again. What does that mean? That means that you've been regenerated. You've been born again by the Spirit of God. The life of God lives in you if you're a Christian. Paul at one point says that if you're a Christian, the very power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. That is incredible power. Right? God's DNA dwells in you. The very life of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is dwelling in you by the Holy Spirit if you're a Christian. You are born again. You are of God. John, John is so confident, not because you can do it on your own. In fact, for John, the, the natural person, the person who's, who's never been born again, he doesn't have any confidence at all that they would overcome the world. But he says, if you're a Christian, if, if the life of God is in you, if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, if you have that resurrection power, the same power that, that pulled Jesus out of the grave, if that lives in you, John says, you can overcome the world. Whatever faces you, whether it be addiction or whether it be uh, despair or whether it be some uh, you know, tragic thing in your life, he says, I know that you can face this and you can overcome because it's not you 
alone that overcomes, but the, but the Spirit of God who is in you. You've been born again. A Jesus Christ overcame the world. A Jesus Christ, when you look at his life, he overcame the world. He was a, he's inspiring. You know, he, he faced, you know, these temptations in the desert, uh, and he, he battled them, and he overcame every single one of them. And he faced tragedy in life, and yet he didn't give in to despair. He wasn't, he wasn't destroyed by them, but he was able to rise above them, in a sense. A Jesus Christ battled death, and he overcame. And, but it's not just that Jesus is an inspiring example for us. Ooh, I, I hope I can do that, too. The overcoming Jesus, the victorious Jesus, lives in you by his Holy Spirit. And what that means is that you can overcome. You have the power already. The victory, in a sense, is already yours. Because you are united to Jesus Christ by his Spirit, his victory is your victory. His power is your power. It's not that you can do it on your own, but with him, you can face the world that John is talking about here. I want you to stop and think about that. John earlier says that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Whatever you're facing, whatever you are facing, Jesus says, I'm bigger than that. And I'm I'm in you, I am bigger than that. Any challenge that could come your way, Jesus says, I am bigger. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And so John, with tremendous confidence, says that you've already won the victory, you already have the power within you. John, in other words, is saying, we are the champions, my friends, and we'll keep on fighting until the end. We are the champions. Listen, the Spirit of God lives in you. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That means whatever you're facing today, whatever it is, Jesus says you've already won the victory. I've already won the victory, you say. I've already won the victory, but but wait a minute, I haven't though. (laughs) I mean, if if you look at my life, I mean, I'm still struggling all the time. I'm battling all the time, and I don't feel like I've won the victory. How does this work? John, well, John gets very practical here. He says in verse four, and this is the third point, which is how do we do this? He says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And then he says this at the end, and this is the victory. Here's the Nike. Here's the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except he who believes that Jesus is the son of God? John says that if you want to have victory, that really the linchpin is faith. You've been born of God. You you have the power of God living in you. In a sense, you've already overcome the world. The power is already there if you're a Christian. You've been born of God. And yet, if you want to bring this victory into your life, in whatever area you're thinking about right now, if you want to bring it into your life, John says the key is faith. The key to appropriating the victory that is yours is faith. If you're going to become an overcomer, it's not enough just to be born of God and to have that power there. You've got to bring that power into your life, and the way you do it is by faith. Somebody says, great, well, what is faith? Well, faith is that which grabs hold of what's already yours. 
It's faith that, that, that grabs hold of the power that's in you and brings it into your life. That's what faith is. Uh, when I was, I remember I did a, a program in evangelism, and so we went out, we asked people to believe in Jesus. That's what we were supposed to be doing. And at one point in the class, I asked the teacher, what does it mean to have faith? What is, we're asking people to believe in Jesus. What exactly is faith? And he got a pencil out of his pocket, and he says, do you want this pencil? It's yours. And, you know, it was a pencil. I, don't, I, I guess I wanted it. And he says, well, if you want it, take it. And so I grabbed the pencil out of his hand, and he says, that's faith. Faith is grabbing hold of what's already yours. What's already yours is that you've already won the victory over the world, the patterns of the world, the pains of the world. It's already in you to overcome, and faith is grabbing hold of that. And faith is something that we've got to do. It's, you know, sure, you're born of God, but if, but if you want the victory, John says, here's the last thing you need to do. You've got to, by faith, bring that victory into your life. So, for example, there, remember Peter uh, out on the Sea of Galilee? They're in the boat, and uh, he sees Jesus out there, and Jesus is walking on the water. He's overcoming the water, and, G- and Peter says, I want to do that too. And uh, Jesus says, great, if you want to walk on water, get out of the boat. Faith is getting out of the boat. It's taking that step. And so you think about Paul. Remember Paul and Silas in prison? And here they were in this, this, this situation, and maybe you're going through a dark situation right now, an illness or a problem or a crisis, and, and you're in this situation, and you don't want to succumb to despair. And you think, well, what does it look like for me to overcome that, to exercise faith in that situation? Well, for Paul and Silas, it looked like singing. They, they could have over, been overcome by despair and you know, sunk down into anger and resentment there in the prison, but it was an act of faith to sing that first note. We're going to sing in the middle of this prison. And maybe for you, it's like, I don't feel like it right now, but I am going to exercise faith by praying a prayer of gratitude. That's the first step. Maybe that's what it looks like for you to, to exercise just a little baby step of faith to overcome the world. Or maybe, you know, you think about the patterns, and I don't know what pattern of the world you struggle with, whether it's greed or lust or anger or whatever, but there's a space when something, for example, gets you angry, something happens and you're angry, there's a space between that event and your response to that event. And in that space, you can make a decision of faith and say, I have the power, I am not going to get angry. You know, the kids make you mad and, and th- there's that space right there and you could just stop and say, you know what, I don't need to sin anymore. Uh, later on, John, John says this, he says, and we know that the Son of God has come in, has given us understanding. I'm sorry, this is verse 18. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. You say, I don't have to keep on sinning. Or maybe you're sitting at that, uh, you know, you're sitting in front of the computer and you, there's the temptation to, to, to go on and go down a trail and to get onto a website that you know you shouldn't be looking at. There's a space there where you can decide, I don't have to do this. I have the power to not sin. And so it starts with little decisions. 
Or maybe, you know, you get up in the morning and maybe, you know, you're tempted to fall into despair. And when you wake up in the morning, you can just remind yourself, this is who I am. Before your feet even hit the floor, you can remind yourself, I'm a child of God. I am born of God. The resurrection power of God lives in me. I don't have to, dis- to succumb to the patterns of this world, but I can rise above them. So maybe it looks like reminding yourself of who you are. But faith grabs hold of that power to give you the victory. It's a process. It's not something that happens automatically. So you might be saying, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to just get the victory tomorrow. Well, John says uh, it's not really the way it works. This is a process here. Overcoming is a lifelong process. And there may be things that you're battling here in this room, and John just wants you to start moving in the right direction. Just, you know, start making those small decisions and just start moving in the right direction. It doesn't have to happen immediately, like, boom, I never do that ever again. It's slow. Overcoming, I think, even involves failure. You know, you may mess up. You know, and Peter, you know, Peter got out of the boat and he sank before he, before he, after he walked. You know, so it involves failure and, and, but John wants you to know that, listen, you've got the power in you to, to, to live this life, to overcome the challenges in the world. And Jesus Christ, when you fail, Jesus Christ has died for you to forgive you so that you can keep, get up and keep on going. So John says, if you're, if you're born of God, this is what it means to know God. Knowing God is not a luxury for people who don't have to live in the real world. Knowing God is for the real world. It is for the challenges that you face right now today, 2019 in Batesville, Monday morning. Knowing God is for the real world, and knowing God enables you to overcome the things that seek to dominate you. What do we overcome? We overcome the world, not necessarily world domination, but these sinful patterns in the world. The fears and the lies in the world, we overcome those things. Why do we do it? Because we're born of God. And how do we do it? We do it by faith. Well, let me um, ask you a question here at the very end just to apply this for you guys. What part of the world do you need to overcome? What challenge, what, what threat are you facing that you need to overcome today? What is defeating you? What's threatening to defeat you? Look, Jesus Christ wants to forgive you for anything that you do, but he, he wants more than just forgiveness. He wants you to overcome. What are you tolerating in your life? What, what, what threat, what piece of the world are you just, you're just, you're tolerating it. You're settling right now for that thing, just to be dominated by that thing. John says, don't settle for that anymore. It's been way too long. What have you been living with for way too long? John says, you are born again by the Spirit of God. You have it in you to overcome these things, and by faith, grab hold of that victory and live this overcoming life. Yes, it's filled with failure, and you're not going to succeed all the time, but John just says, take a little baby step of faith. We are the champions, my friends. By the Spirit of God, we can overcome the world. It's a promise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, that you've given us this passage of Scripture about overcoming the world. Um, We thank you. I'm encouraged by it, Lord. I know that there are many of us uh, that are just 
facing all sorts of things that are threatened by fears and uh, illnesses and sins, uh, lies. God, we pray that you would help us, Lord, uh, as your people to stand up and go against the patterns of this world. God, give us the strength to rise above. Lord, remind us that you are a forgiving God always to catch us when we fall. Lord, you enable us to overcome. You forgive us when we fail. Lord, in Jesus Christ, we are overcomers. And I pray that we would take joy in that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.